1: Remember, Broncos
0: Country is not a geographic location, it's a state of being.
1: Welcome in, everybody. It is the Mile High Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen with me, my fellow football priest. He is the deputy editor, senior editor. What is the new title, Zach? Senior, senior Editor of MileHighhuddle.com. You know him, you love him, Zach Kelberman. Zach, bro. We'll get into the main topic for tonight, but just since we're just coming off the heels of the final gun, what were your thoughts and takeaways from Buffalo-Pittsburgh?
2: Not surprised Buffalo won. Uh, Tough environment for the Steelers to be in with Mason Rudolph, but like any other Tomlin coach game, I give the Steelers credit for battling back. It was on the verge of being a blowout, and they made it competitive in the fourth quarter. Buffalo looks pretty good, Chad, but certainly not unstoppable. Next week, though, chiefs bills you know, version, what, four or five now should be
1: plenty entertaining. Yes, indeed. And that does kind of now kick the door open for Pittsburgh to start looking ahead to their off season. And we mm-hmm. talked last night about just the possibility of, say, a Mason Rudolph, who one former NFL GM says is an ideal Sean Payton quarterback, uh, to hit free agency. You know, there was, a, who was it, Carr, uh, David Carr, uh listed his what was it five or six top russ landing spots you wrote it up for us one of them though steelers break that down yeah he uh david carr uh formerly the number one overall pick
2: many years ago he ranked six potential destinations for russell wilson in order and uh atlanta was on the list tennessee was on the list chicago was on the list but number one was pittsburgh and basically the argument was that he believed Mike Tomlin won't stand pat with Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph going into next season atop the depth chart. And he posits that the vertical Mike Sullivan offense, I'm pretty sure that's the coordinator there in Pittsburgh now, it'd be an ideal blend with Russell Wilson's abilities as a passer. And he said even in a competition, it would make some sense to pick up Russ and give the Steelers
1: an upgraded quarterback. Dude, every time I think of David Carr, I just think about all those sacks and what yep. could have been for the uh, burgeoning career of David Carr, as you mentioned, the former number one pick, to the expansion team, Houston Texans. I mean, dude, this guy, if he hadn't been on his on his back so much, 76 sacks sack as a rookie, 68 sacks his fourth year. But I digress. I digress. Russ to Pittsburgh wouldn't shock me. But first things first, you know, the Broncos claim there's the door still open to Russ. What do you suppose the prerequisites are Zach for that to even be a true possibility? Russ coming back they
2: would have to redo his deal to make it more team-friendly toward the salary cap. So I don't know if it's still you know, striking the injury guarantees that are going to become fully guaranteed on the fifth day of the new league year in March or reducing his annual salary or uh, cutting his cap charts, something to make it where they can still build a team around Russ while still paying him to be the QB1 temporarily anyway.
1: Yeah, and the problem is, and here's why we keep saying that there's this much daylight in that very barely cracked open door is russ doesn't have a whole heck of a lot of incentive to tweak his contract and maybe he would zach if Bronk, what's up bro so good to see you michael ronquillo in the house much love to one of the pivotal foundational members of our community Uh, but maybe zach russ would have more incentive or maybe his approach or mindset to it would be different had the Broncos not kind of done him the way they did him during the season, like, for example, let's just assume for the sake of argument that everything Russ has said about his perception of the phone calls from George Payton is true. If George Payton would have still made that phone call in uh, at the buy and said, "Hey, what do you guys think about maybe you know restructuring these injury guarantees?" and they said, "No, okay, cool, zero intimation of a threat, zero intimation." of an ultimatum then he and he doesn't get benched in for two meaningless absolutely meaningless games relative to Jarrett Stidham then you hit this offseason maybe he's a little bit more amenable because he doesn't feel like the Broncos have a done him dirty and b you know put him through some I almost cursed crap uh and uh, basically already have one foot of Russell Wilson out the door It's
2: interesting. I think you're right. There was an article, some insider or whatever said that Russell Wilson won't do the Broncos any favors and nor should he. There's two situations where I can see him being open to restructure. You kind of laid one out if they didn't approach him the way they did. The other scenario is if he would have had a bad season under Sean Payton and he didn't really have a bad season by the numbers under Sean Payton, 15 games, 26 touchdowns, only eight picks, uh, 3000 yards. So if he had a crappy season, And the Broncos approached him. I can see him maybe being open to it, but he looked pretty good under Sean in the first year. And like you said, if I was him, I wouldn't help out a team that
1: did me dirty either. It's all relative, really, right? When we talk about Russell Wilson's um, body of work under Sean Payton, if you just compare it, not just the box scores, but what you saw from Russ with your own eyes to 2022, year one with the Broncos, it was obviously... I would go as far, and I'm not trying to be hyperbolic here, Zach. I would say it was leaps and bounds better. All right. Yeah. But it's still relative. It's still relative to the what he did in 2022, which was utterly horrific most of the season. He improved the touchdowns. I mean, he's, no, he's thrown the most touchdowns this season uh, of any Broncos quarterback since Peyton Manning in 2014. Not 15, Peyton Manning 2014. Um, you know, made some baller plays in the clutch some big-time highlight reel type of stuff that went on throughout the season. But what was the the breaking point, or where was the rub, let's say, for Sean Payton, Zach? I think it was simply all those years and years of being conditioned working with Drew Brees. Sean Payton got used to the idea, and even the guys that would step in that Payton had success with uh, when Brees needed relief, he was injured, whatever. Sean Payton could always count on those quarterbacks for the most part to be where they're supposed to be and generally you know as far as the pocket and timing and and generally be on schedule that's the one area for Russell Wilson that going back to what we talked about last night with Pete Carroll he's not that type of a pocket passer he's an athlete passer to quote Pete Carroll from a macro
2: level, I think you're spot on. And on a micro level, the decision from sean Payton and the and the the shift in in power, I think, came in that Houston game, Chad, because it was after the winning streak and the Broncos were right in the thick of the playoff picture. If they would have won that game, they would have given themselves like an eighty percent chance to make the postseason. How did they lose that game? On a Russell Wilson? pick it's just not the way sean payton wants to go out it's not the way that sean payton wants his quarterbacks to represent him on the field and that's why a few weeks later that detroit sideline blow up happened all speculation on my
1: part but i wouldn't be surprised also you know we talk about zach his lower or his very solid touchdown to interception ratio 26 to 8 it's it's very healthy only eight interceptions you go all oh, right that's pretty dang good yes However, Zach, he did have a lot of fumbles, a lot. Uh, Pulling it up from 2023 on his fumbles. Let me find it. Where is it? Where is it? On PFR. I want to say 10, but I want to make sure. Um, Well, I'll find it when I'm not on the spot here, and I'll come back to you on it. But uh, too many fumbles. And it's, in fact, most of the daggers. What's up? The Duchess in the house. We got Michaela Parker. What is going on? Most of the daggers, Zach, weren't the picks. I mean, not to say that there weren't a couple, you know, killers there, but most of it were those fumbles that tended to be kind of game swingers or momentum swingers. The fumbles and also the sacks. And the
2: sacks weren't all on Russell Wilson, Chad. But again, was it the Patriots game or one of the games? It was literally wide open field in front of him. There were crossing receivers. I mean, he could have made three or four different reads. And he strafed and sidestepped right into pressure. I think over the course of 15 games, it really wore Sean Payton down. And he said,
1: enough's enough. All right, so fumbles real quick. uh, I just got to get this i got to get this out. Where is it? Here we go. 2023. Pardon me. Ten total fumbles, Zach. Ten. Two recovered. uh, Two two recovered. That's it. So 80% of those fumbles, Zach. I mean, it just didn't bounce the Broncos way when it would come out. And so many of them were him running around off schedule, and someone comes up behind – Pops the ball up, right? The pass rusher who's gone all the way around the whole corral. He's about to do a full circle, and there's Russ. He's in pursuit. Gets behind him. Ball comes out. Dagger. Dagger, dagger. Um, Guys, lots to get to, including your super chats. First, though, we got to remind you that, hey, it's a NFL football playoff game, actually, tonight still. Got to get your Little Caesars on. Make Little Caesars a part of that experience for you because – They are, of course, the official pizza sponsor of the NFL. You order online during the Pizza Pizza pregame. You can do it up one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs. This game, uh, Bucks-Eagles just kicked. You've got still plenty of time. And get ready for some football and fun. You choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza or pick the toppings you crave. And either way, you win.
2: The Broncos didn't do a lot of winning this year, Chad, but when you have little Caesars, you're always a winner. And speaking of winning, everyone scores with convenient delivery or our in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the game.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: That's right. The Ronk pizza, pizza. I'll, one more pizza, pizza. I'll, I'll eat three slices right now. We've got Tucson Phil in the house. Phil McLaughlin, who proves every single night that Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Love you, big dog. He says, I'm not sold on any of these QBs uh, available at 12 possibly. So I would take edge O-line or a D-line player. Hashtag Buckham, MHH for life. Go Broncos. Yeah, Eric had a nice article yesterday as far as top bona fide round one options that were not QB options at pick 12 for offense. I think tomorrow there's one coming out that same thing for defense. So if your guy's not there, in other words, that you were just absolutely in love with and couldn't make a deal to move up or whatever, do you want an edge rusher there, Zach? Do you want to trade back? Do you want to take it? tackle do you want to what, what would you like to see the broncos do if in this scenario phil paints here either you're not sold or you're just not within reach of the right guy at 12. first of all do i look pixelated to you. I
2: feel like that old cartoon Dilbert with the fuzzy just, edges, just, Chad.
1: Just a little blurry like you need to do one of the paper things yeah. after you're done talking. Just
2: want to confirm I wasn't having a seizure. Uh, Phil, it depends how the board breaks. I, I hate to be so um, you know, vague with my answer, but I want to see if they pass on a quarterback who is there. My inclination would be to take an edge rusher. We've talked about it ad nauseum on the podcast. Behind quarterback, the most impactful player on a football field arguably is an edge rusher. And you can't get by with a set of numbers twos anymore with the coopers and as much as i love them baron browning and nick benito you need a true alpha a true number one that's probably where i would go
1: every one of those edge guys for the broncos that were playing the starter snaps this year man they are at best number two guys like not i shouldn't say at best they are ideally the second guy you know that's like i mean baron browning number two guy jonathan cooper he finished with the team high in sacks. Was it eight and a half or nine? I, I, I can't recall. May, actually, I got to check that out now. Nick Benito, because Nick did end up getting one late. I got I to gotta, I gotta figure this out real quick, guys. Hold on one second. I got to see the team, uh, remind myself of the team leader in sacks. It'll take just a second because Jonathan Cooper uh, was able to kind of bridge the gap uh, toward the end. But then, Nick, while Nick Benito was hurt, then, though, Nick Benito returned. And uh, okay, here we go. Sacks. It was Jonathan Cooper, Zach, eight and a half. Nick Benito, eight. Browning finished with four and a half for what it's worth on basically a half a season. It's just, it might be impressive to
2: the Broncos, like him leading with that number. But like, what did Khalil Mack have this year for the Chargers? Like 17 or 18, something like that. They need a Khalil Mack. They need someone that's in double digits consistently. And even when he's not getting a sack, he's taking attention away from the other players around him. They have
1: no one on the team, Chad, that's capable of doing that. Zach Allen too, of course, um, had five sacks. So, really, it goes one, Cooper, two, Benito, three, Allen, four, Browning. And then don't forget Josie Jewell with three, along with P.J. Lock. for what it's worth. Ryan Main, what's going on, big dog? Welcome. Thank you very much for the super chat. I hope you know helps us out a lot, especially this time of year. Appreciate you, big dog. He says, does our number 12 overall, Patrick Sertan, and our second rounder in 25 get us the number one pick from the Bears, Zach,
2: no, they would not even pick up the phone. They'd laugh you off before hanging up because what did the uh, Carolina-Chicago trade net? I think it was two first-rounders plus DJ Moore, who's like a another first-rounder, and also a pair of second-rounders, if I'm not mistaken. So it's going to take at least two first-round picks and probably a second, and maybe Pat Sertan, just to engage Chicago to move down eleven spots. This is not dropping down one or two. This is eleven, and you have to
1: really blow them away to get them off that top pick. Would you make that trade if you if it came to it? Would you Ooh. give up two two ones and Patrick Sertan if it got you your ideal guy? Which I mean, it could be Caleb Williams, could be Drake May, could be Jaden Daniels. If it guaranteed it, would you do it?
2: Yeah, it, has to, it would have to be a quarterback. And I guess if Sean Payton determines that is the guy, he's a million percent sure he believes Williams or May has generational talent and could be a Super Bowl winning quarterback in Denver, I would get behind it. But none of these prospects, Chad, there's no Andrew Luck coming out. None of these guys are really generational to the point that I would mortgage the future for the third season in a row on one of them.
1: Man, I'm not sure yet. I'm not sure what I would do quite yet, just because um I'm still getting fully familiar with this QB class. But one thing to keep in mind here, guys, and as far as you know, the the full picture and context is just like you guys, the initial impulse when I hear trade Patrick Sertan, my initial instinct is no, 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 no. However, the Broncos are in rapidly approaching anyway, cap hell. According to over the cap, they're 30 million above the cap as it stands for 2024. And Pat Sertan, guess what? In 12 months, he's going to be making 20 million a year, if and when I should say the Broncos exercise his fifth year option. So, you know, it's one of those positions you got to have, Zach, for a cornerstone championship caliber roster. But to me, it comes after quarterback. So get the quarterback. If it came at the cost of a trade that did include Patrick Sertan, I would not love it. I would lament it, but I would understand it. And I probably uh I think the Broncos, you know, if it came down to it and you're solving the biggest problem that has plagued this team outside of head coach post Super Bowl fifty, might be a price they're willing to pay. George Payton would be putting his job on the line. Sean Payton
2: would be putting his reputation on the line. And I I just don't see it because Payton even talked about George, um, them being excited, having a first rounder again and hinting at the fact, I think you wrote it up, Chad or Keith, maybe someone that they're more inclined to trade back and stockpile draft picks as opposed to trading up. I just can't see it happening after two off seasons of trading away, their first round picks and blockbuster trades and those trades not yielding much success. be a tough sell for the fan base.
1: Indeed. Um, Guys, real quick, before we jump back into the chat, it's been a minute since we did an update on uh, the Super Chat rankings for the month of January. And here we are on the 15th day. So let's break it down. As you know, we take the top 10 finishers on Super Chat in a given month. Their names go in the the digital hat, so to speak. We do a, a live raffle. Winner gets a Broncos jersey of their choice, and it's our way uh, of trying to just give back and, and and show our gratitude for the unbelievable support we get from our great community. So here's the rankings as it stands. Let me pop this card off the screen so it's a little easier to see. But we have a new uh, number one, two, really two num- new number ones. The Lady D, there have been times she's been around number one and maybe even – held number one, Uh, but Deanna Hendry and James Moss, who's been, both of them, on fire this month, are uh, at the top, tied number one. The Duchess, Michaela Parker, at three. Sam Bam at four. Gary Leeds Palmer, the swashbuckler himself, at five. Naj at six. Mike Edel at seven. Montana Altitude, who came on strong of late, At 8, David Cromolo, D Crom. At 9, Draft Time, Broncos Country at 10. And then just a few of the names barely outside. Zeus McPeak, Patriot Techs, Mark Schrader, Xander, KB, Papa Kendall, etc. So there's your uh, updated rankings for the month of January. Much love and respect. Lawrence, jumping in. Big dog, what's going on? He said, I heard Nick mention uh, Dak Prescott this morning, and I've kind of been thinking the same. Watch Jerry go and get Pete Carroll. Russ could go to, uh, go to Dallas while they send us Dak. What do you think, Zach?
2: I've seen the, uh, the uh, conversation on social media. Anyone who thinks that Russell Wilson right now is a better quarterback than Dak Prescott is delusional. That being said, though, with what money are they going to pay Dak Prescott with? You're getting out of the Russell Wilson era because you don't want to pay a quarterback that price tag. A quarterback that hasn't performed got you to the playoffs and won playoff games. As good as Dak is in the regular season with a loaded offense, I might add, how much playoff success have they had with Dak Prescott? Negligible. So it's it's fun to talk about. I would give it like a negative 0% chance of happening.
1: Yeah, it's very unlikely. I mean, how often? Look, disappointing. Dak, his uh, playoff body of work up to this point is wildly disappointing for the Cowboys. But he has been able to multiple times, Zach, get him to the dance. And collectively, the team just comes up short. I think if you're looking for answers in uh, your Jerry Jones and you're trying to figure out what's going on here, I think you have to get past two, three, four, five, maybe more spots before you go quarterback because you have a franchise guy and those guys are not, uh, you know, they're not moved around. It's just, it's so unlikely to happen, but, and here's the caveat, it's the NFL. So crazy things sometimes happen, but that is certainly Zach, not something I think at this stage anyway, appears to be. Uh, realistic in the least.
2: Here's my thing. I, I like Dak Prescott a lot, and I think he would have some sort of success in Denver. I'm just so sick, Chad, of taking on another team's leftovers or trading for a veteran quarterback or a reclamation project. No more of that. Whether it's Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, I don't care. Anyone, draft your own guy. Let Sean Payton handpick a rookie and build him up from day one in the in the mold of the vision for the offense. It's not asking a lot,
1: Chad. That's why I just think for fans, you have to buckle up and be prepared for extreme measures to be taken relative to maneuvering to be in position to get a guy you know, one of the guys, you know, whether it's the Sean Payton guy, if you're in love with three of the guys and you're the Broncos and and Sean Payton says, I could make some beautiful, beautiful, I could compose some beautiful music with any of these three guys and it costs something quite extreme to get to three and that's your floor. You get one, whatever. I think the Broncos, once they bite the bullet on Russ, you can't go back to the slim pickings, the leavings, the reclamation projects, the hey, we're just one middle of the road quarterback away from winning uh in, in uh the AFC West. You can't fall prey to that any longer. Like, even if it does hurt for a year or two, you got to go get your guy. George Fox, I see us going for an O-line or D-line if there is no good quarterback at 12. Uh Denver Box for Life, MH. Thank you, George. Could it very well could be because D line is another one, Zach, of the huge, huge, gaping holes. Uh, DJ Jones was wildly disappointing in year two. Uh, he is at the very, very tippity top of the list as far as I'm concerned of probable cap casualties this year. But relative to uh, relative to need and importance, if an edge guy's there you know, that's, that's high ranked. I would focus more on edge than I would D line because both you need upgrades, you know, both spots.
2: I don't think they're going to take anyone for the sake of just taking them. If no quarterback is there and they wanted their quarterback, they might just move down a few spots to the the lower teens or the upper twenties and get a third or a second and a third back in return and have more draft capital. But one more thing about the quarterback and Dak Prescott, if let's say The Broncos end up with Jaden Daniels somehow. They trade up to 10, for example, 8, whatever. Compare Jaden Daniels to Dak Prescott. Would you really think that Daniels would be a lot worse in the long term than Dak? I don't think so. I think Sean Payton can have the same amount of success. The difference is the price tag. You'd be getting a quarterback that you can grow with for the long term on a fraction of what you'd be paying Dak, which is probably $50 $50 million a year, I'm assuming. That's why it's no, not worth it to throw money and capital at another veteran when you've went down that road before and have nothing to show for it. Draft your guy, whether it's round one, round three, round seven, I don't care.
1: Well said, big dog. The Duchess from the top rope. This is what she does. We love you, appreciate you. you. She says, though, I'm so done with the Broncos. I'm tired of losing. I can't do it anymore. I saw next year's opponents, and I counted four wins. I'm out, frustrated, and drained. Michaela, let me tell you something. I don't think any of us uh, in, in this room could blame you for feeling frustrated and drained. I think we all do, especially so closely on the heels, Zach, of another colossal disappointment season, and one that ended with a fair measure of tomfoolery relative to the Peyton Russ hijinks and whatnot but but next year's opponents look it's not actually that bad this past season think of all the st- stiff stiff opposition the broncos face this year they had the 12th toughest strength of schedule this year this past season this coming year we know the opponents we don't know the order yet we don't actually have the schedule but this year they have the 20th toughest strength of schedule they basically the toughest part about it is you get the chiefs twice and you have to play the AFC North. I mean, that's really, that's it. So you got to play Baltimore. You got to play Cincy, you got to play Cleveland. You got to play Pittsburgh, all four of which, depending on how chips fall between now and then uh, are poised anyway, Zach to be either playoff opponent or playoff caliber type opponent. So, Hey, the Broncos, otherwise the schedule looks manageable to me. So that's beside the point. What I would like to convey to you, Michaela, is, you know what, this whole thing came about, what we do with the live streams and whatnot, and the, the amazing community and the bonds and friendships we've made that are like, I mean, lasting, lifelong bonds and friendships. Even if Zach and I, uh, at the end of this show, were to say, guys, and by the way, this was our last podcast, we're done, goodbye. So many of the friendships and bonds we've made uh, because of this community and this podcast will be lifelong. And so that's what I kind of, through the darkest times, hang my hat on, Zach, is, is the community aspect. You guys help keep us coming back. And all I can tell you, Michaela, is chin up. We're here for you. We're all here for each other. And uh, if it does end up being another one of those type of campaigns, we'll get through it together and enjoy each other's company. Just like, hey, you know, the meet and greets still undefeated, Zach. Three and all the MHH meet and greets are the Broncos. So um, I don't even want to contemplate what this community would be be like without the Duchess.
2: I'm never one to gatekeep any, any fans' interest. If, Michaela, you feel that way, I totally get it. It's been a long, long seven eight years or so. But when you looked at last season's schedule, we did, as we always do a schedule release show, the bills were on there. Did anyone think the Broncos would win that game? The chiefs were on there. Did anyone think the Broncos would finally get a win against them? You never really know until, you know, green Bay, Chicago, those were all tough games considered by some. And the Broncos managed to pull it out and go on a winning streak. and almost make the playoffs. So, it's the typical burnout, Michaela. It's It's been a long season, a lot of rumors. The Russ situation is looking like it's come to an end. It's been, again, a long road. But I know you, and I know in a few months or a few weeks, that itch is going to return, and we will welcome you back with open arms, as we always do.
1: Now, listen, the Broncos last year, you know, it rotates because you've got a 17-game schedule. It used to be you'd get an even eight at home and even eight away. This time around, the Broncos have one additional road game. Uh, Here's what Michaela with another very generous super chat. Love you so Thank much, you Michaela. Michaela. Uh, Here's what she predicts. So you've got Casey away, of course. She predicts an L. Chargers away, she predicts an L. Raiders away, predicts an L. Ravens loss, Bengals loss, uh, Saints a loss, Bucks a loss, Jets a loss, <laughs> Seahawks a loss. She's got two wins. Let's just put it this way. She's got Raiders, uh, pardon me, one, two, three, three wins. Raiders, Falcons. Brown uh Raiders Falcons wait a minute I I got lost here KC Law Chargers Raiders Falcons Panthers as one so four wins um hey again I understand how you're feeling right now trust me but it's hard for me to to get too far into the weeds on predicting uh the schedule the opponents until we know kind of how some of these big offseason blocks fall into place Exactly. This is something that we'll break down in April, you know,
2: as the uh, the offseason schedule rolls on and when the Broncos 2024 docket officially comes out. I, again, I understand how you feel, Michaela, but at least, Chad, the Broncos
1: will beat the Raiders this season, so we have that to look forward to. Yes, but it is. I, I, I'm with you. I'm sick of it to where I'm sick of being at a point where you have to anticipate a loss against the Raiders. Uh, so there's plenty of room for improvement. But one last thing before we move off the subject of kind of um, apathy, right? Like general apathy from Broncos country is it wasn't all bad. Now, I'm not trying to, to, you know, we understand the Mr. B standard and all that. But pragmatically speaking, let's take a look at things. Sean Payton comes in, Zach, on the hills uh, inherits a team that finished five wins the year prior. One of the worst finished total seasons in franchise history and improved upon it by three victories in the standings, right? Gets to eight wins. Wasn't enough. You can go back and look at maybe as many as four of those games that if one different decision gets made, ball bounces a different way, etc. cetera. You know, the Broncos are a 12-win team, 11-win team. They're in the dance. And I get it, you know, fifths and buts were candy and nuts. We all would have a happy new year and all that stuff. But they did move the needle forward. One of the most, one of the weird emotions, Zach, I think I'm feeling right now, and I, I bet a lot of fans are as well, is there was some, as disappointing as it was to miss the playoffs once again, lose to the, get swept by the Raiders again, et cetera. Um, I I do want to focus on the positives. however. The way the season ended by blasting open the door of quarterback uncertainty only kind of further fueled the, uh, I don't want to call it a knee-jerk, but the the feeling of apathy. And it's hard to overcome that. The Broncos need to try and get that solved ASAP to start winning back some belief in the fan base.
2: 100% well said. There's, there's no real emotion in apathy, but the Broncos gave the fan base hope. And hope can crush you when it doesn't go ultimately in your favor. And the hope was the winning streak, the hope was the Broncos finally found their quarterback or at least unlocked their quarterback in Russell Wilson. They proved they can hang with the elites in the NFL. And that to come crashing down with the Houston loss and then the uh the Detroit stomping and then that final death blow, the New England loss where it's a game they should have won, they needed to win and they came out and sunk up the joint. So that's what Speaking, I guess from a fan's point of view, that's what would do it for me. You know, they
1: they pull me back in, as the old quote goes, you know. Just when I thought I was out. Come on, do the Silvio. Who does the Al Pacino? Of course. I can't do it. I'm not gonna embarrass myself. They, they pull, me, pull back me back in. Back in. <laughs> um, there is something I want to talk about that, that you just um triggered a thought on Russ. But first, before we get to that, guys, we gotta remind you that. Get started on your New Year's resolutions with Factor so that you're ready to take on a productive, successful New Year. Factor's ready-to-eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success in this New Year. You get to skip the grocery lines, the prep work, uh, cooking fatigue, and instead, you get chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door, and they look like a little kind of TV dinner looking thing, except unlike a TV dinner that comes out of a freezer, processed food, all that gross, you know, none of this is fresh food. All right. And it's bomb with over 35 meals to choose from per week, including options like keto calorie smart. You got options for vegans and vegetarians and more plus over 55 weekly add ons. You can include, you'll have a ton of nutritious and flavorful options to kickstart your new year's resolutions. Skip the stress of meal prepping with
2: Factor. Choose for more than 35 weekly flavor-packed, fresh, never-frozen meals that support a healthy lifestyle and meet your meal preferences, all delivered right to your door and ready to eat in just two minutes. This January, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door, ready in just two minutes. No prep, no mess. Join Mile High Huddle on
1: making Factor of Way of Life three hundred and sixty five days a year bada bing head to factormis. slash huddle fifty and use our code huddle fifty to get fifty percent off again factor dot slash huddle fifty plus at checkout use the code huddle 50 and you get fifty percent off all right um what I was gonna say you know the idea of all right, we're disappointed, but there's also a little bit of optimism. You snapped the streak against the, the Chiefs. I mean, it felt like that was a 800-pound gorilla that the Broncos, for whatever reason, was like, as long as Mahomes is here, we're just never getting that off our, our back. They snapped that finally. They dispensed with that. The, the bad juju is dissipating. There's a lot of positives. Um, and even the Russ thing, like if you don't bench him, you don't make that decision you go, okay, he probably finishes Zach if he started the final two games healthy as he was. Probably finishes somewhere around 30 touchdowns. We'll call it 10 interceptions. And probably somewhere around 3,400 yards where he finished at right now just just over. Or I should say just under 3,100. All right, And you go, well, improvements, but that was year one with Sean Payton. I would anticipate being that they're basically locked in with Russ. And that the actual new money on his deal and the new years uh, of the term don't actually begin till 2024. I think there is enough evidence there to go. We can reasonably anticipate that he'll be even better in year two with Peyton, right? And with a full year in the scheme, a full year working with Peyton, Peyton having a full year working with Russ, all that stuff, and then once again, now you get the kind of the rug pulled out from under you as a fan, going, "I don't know which way is up on this thing," because I wanted to kind of try and find the silver linings amid the disappointment. But now it's like, well, I don't even know which way this thing is headed.
2: It's the uncertainty because the Broncos have tried both routes. They've tried acquiring a veteran like a Joe Flacco or a case Keenum, Didn't work out. They tried drafting a quarterback, Paxton Lynch drew lock. Didn't work out. And now the Broncos find themselves having to choose the fork in the road. Do they draft? Do they sign a veteran, acquire one? And that's from a fan. It's like, the quarterback carousel. Do we have to get back on that again? When is it going to end? Boy, am I tired of hearing this cheesy music. It's just been seven, eight years of it, and I totally understand where people like Michaela are coming from.
1: You know what it sounds like to me, that carousel music? It sounds eerily similar to... and over and over for eight years. Clown show. I mean, Pennywise, I should say Broncos, don't have nothing... Pennywise don't have nothing on Broncos. There I go. I ruined my own thing, but anyway, we'll see what happens on that. Um, As far as Russ, I think Zach we're about a week away from the soonest we can anticipate beginning to get some answers there, or at least, you know, the, the next first, I should say, I guess the first move on Russ. Yeah,
2: he expects, he told, uh, I think it was Diana Rossini a few weeks ago that he expects to be released in uh, March before those, uh, uh, injury guarantees become fully guaranteed. Hopefully we have some news though, Chad, because this is a very dry period for uh Broncos off season.
1: Indeed. Indeed. It's like, it's, it's just a weird energy. And that's why Michaela, we totally can understand where you're coming from, but we hope you join us in, in trying to keep your chin up and, and uh, we'll get through it together. Trust on that. All right. We are at uh, 38 minutes. Guys, we'll probably keep tonight pretty, pretty tight uh, just because there is a NFC playoff game going on and you've got the Bucks currently up 10-0 on the Eagles as uh, with about four four and a half left in the first quarter. So Baker Mayfield off to a solid start. Zach, the Eagles uh, can't really find their footing so far. This has been the downfall of
2: the Eagles. There's always that curse. Have you heard about that, Chev The Super Bowl losers curse, the team that, Drops the big game, ends up kind of tanking the next season. Philly started off pretty strong, but I think that coordinator change, losing Shane Steichen and going to Brian Johnson has really been a negative down. And also Matt Patricia, of all people,
1: running the Philly defense. I just think it's a, it's a full-blown downfall. That's funny, Scott. Hey, think back to Halloween. Everybody had the Cowboys and the Eagles being bounced in the first round, right? Um, You know what? Yeah, Super Bowl losers curse. We haven't heard of that in Georgia, talking about the Falcons. Uh, But, you know, you think back to the Broncos losing Super Bowl forty-eight with Peyton. What happened in 2014? They had a very good uh, 2014 season. I'm trying to remember if it was the one or the two seed. But that was the year, once again, it was the swan song of John Fox because from the time Peyton arrived, you had a, in year one, you, you win the one seed, get bounced in the divisional round immediately, one and done by the upstart Ravens, Joe Flacco and all that, Jacoby Jones. Then the next year you go to the big dance and you get trucked in the mouth by Russ and the Seahawks defense, the Legion of Boom. Then you come back to the table with John Fox, cause why wouldn't you? You've had a lot of success so far with Peyton and, uh, you make it to the divisional round with another buy and, uh, the, you allow andrew luck and the colts to come in and bounce you in the first round the divisional round or you know one and done that's when john i was like uh yeah we're gonna go ahead and and move on because it just so happened that about a year ago my best friend and the guy i ideally wanted for this job was fired by the texans he's been making a paycheck as the oc of the ravens hey Coop, come on back so It isn't good. It wasn't good for the Broncos in the final analysis, Zach, 2014. But I don't think it's a perfect, uh, a perfect science. The idea of Super Bowl losing curse, because you know, to me, that would intimate you don't even make the playoffs. Like you suck. I just
2: am following the smoke that could lead to a
1: fire. There was that mystery report about
2: a team that could be in it for Belichick in the NFC East could be Dallas could be Philly. If they blow this game tonight, wild card weekend to an underrated. I don't think they're favored the bucks. They might be underdogs to, if they blow this game, they might make a big change with Nick Sirianni.
1: Okay. Lawrence Rivera. Thank you for your patience, buddy. Why not Derek Henry? is uh, looking for another team. He told Titan fans goodbye and Dallas is a destination. Anyone would go to. Um, yeah. I mean, Dallas. Sure. I mean, I'm not sure exactly what that's in reference to. The Russ thing, I mean, Russ could end up there. He's not getting traded there. He's not getting traded. No one wants that contract. Um, Pete Carroll, you know, he's old, dude. He's 72. But the let's talk about this Derrick Henry thing, Zach. What do you – how do you feel about the prospect? Because we talked about this uh, numerous times, especially the second half of the season. But, um, you know, last night, for example – The Broncos could use a more explosive ball carrier, uh, a back that has better vision. Uh, He's not exactly a pass catcher per se, but would you want to see Derrick Henry, the Broncos go out and try and bring one of the 2,000-yard members of the 2,000-yard club to Denver?
2: No. I have one number for you in reference to Derrick Henry, and that's 30, which he just turned on January 4th. You don't pay aging running backs, you don't invest, as we've learned in recent seasons, in a one running back system. The Broncos running game wasn't good enough. Though you have a mini Derrick Henry and Javante when he's fully healthy, he'll be under contract. I would not go out and give an aging running back good money
1: to come play for your team when you have other issues you should be first focused on. Like if it was today. Zach, if if it was like uh Melvin Gordon caliber contract i would actually do it if if they're able to create cap space i mean they're going to have to find some way it's going to be painful by the way so that's why what i'm saying guys buckle up for a uh, tumultuous offseason but if, if you could get even derrick henry on that type of a deal you know we're talking about a guy that yes you got to pay attention to the fact that he did just turn 30 excellent point but also look at the way the wind's blowing relative to tread on the tires One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight years in the NFL. Uh, He's rushed for a 1,000 yards or more in five of the last six seasons, and that one season amid those six that he didn't, he rushed for 937, Zach, in eight games. 937 in eight games. He is an animal. Um, This past season, uh, as he was approaching the dreaded 30-year-old wall, Zach – 1,167 rush yards, a whopping 12 touchdowns, and his yards per carry average remains healthy at forty or uh, 4.2. So I would absolutely be open to it. Am I breaking the bank? No. Uh, let's see what Michaela has to say, though, shifting gears a little. Thank you, Super Chat number 3. Love you so much, Michaela. Again, I don't know what we would do without you. That's for real. She says, instead of Walmart, we're the dollar store bargain bin team. And you're especially going to have to be that, Zach in free agency this year because of the salary cap.
2: Yeah. Thank you again, Michaela. And I just want to put a bow on my Derek Henry thoughts. I've followed Tennessee this season because I had Ty J Spears on my fantasy team. And I can tell you that there were, reasons why the rumors were so persistent about Derrick Henry being a trade candidate before that deadline. They wanted to go in a different direction. You've mentioned one reason he's not a great pass catcher and he's more like a goal line vulture at this stage of his career. Is he still a good running back? Yes, but he's not going to be getting better as he gets older. He's going to be getting worse. And Ezekiel Elliott, I think is a case example of how running backs deteriorate as good as they are. And I'm sure in the short term, he can help the Broncos, but they are not a Derrick Henry away from competing. They are multiple players
1: away from competing. Agreed. Guys, two more we're going to grab here, and then we're dipping out unless there's an 11th hour super that comes in. The Ronk with his customary great show message and show of support. Thank you, bro. There is also something Mike said earlier I wanted to grab. Sean Payton should have known what he was getting into relative to Russell Wilson. Um, And I think he did for what it's worth, Zach. I think based on the most current reporting, he did know what he was getting into, but he still signed up for it. So it's like, if you believe the latest reports that he did have misgivings about what Russ might have left in the tank and his relative fit with Sean, but resolved to give it the college try. He knew, I think, Zach, what he was getting into. I, I think maybe now it's like, hey, did he, understand what the consequences would be if it didn't work and that's where maybe he didn't know or what he was getting into and if so he should have
2: Well, I don't know. You don't give a football coach $18 million a year and not also give him full autonomy and carte blanche over roster and personnel decisions. I think he was told by the Penners in the hiring process, we want to make it work with Russ, but you also have uh, at your disposal, whenever you want to move on from Russ, uh, we'll get behind you. And he exercised that option after 15 games. So he did know in the end what he was getting himself
1: into. But this speaks pretty loud, Chad, most of the time, doesn't it? It's like uh, my dad. Shout out, Mark. He loves it. This is one of his uh, the Markisms that nothing rings the bell like money, and uh, that's absolutely true. Phil, wa- I want to see want to see how to win. Watching playoffs, it's very clear. Get a run game. So that kind of does uh, bridge back to the whole Derrick Henry idea. I would definitely have him on the radar as a possibility. I would see you know relative to what other. Backs might be out there, both free agency and the draft and whatnot. But you do need an upgrade in explosive uh, wherewithal and a back with some patience and vision. Because, Zach, even before the injury, uh, watching Javante Williams, that was at times, I mean, it's still frustrating. But his vision, his problems with vision running into the back of blockers on the reg, uh, I mean, that holds you back quite a lot.
2: Well, if the Broncos are going to allocate money to Derrick Henry, he's going to have to be satisfied running behind Alex Forsyth. This is what I'm talking about. You have Lloyd Cushenberry, your starting center, who had a great year up for a contract. Even though it's not possible with the Broncos in Cap Hell, I would devote my resources to that guy or an edge rusher or a tight end or something other than a luxury position like running back. Though if King Henry was in Denver, I get a little excited. I'm not going to lie.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Member of the 2,000-yard club. Absolutely dope. Great point there, Phil. And uh, one last top or you know twist of the Russ and Sean Payton knowing what he should have known what he was getting into comes from Mr. Producer. Hey, look, Sean Payton had assurance that if he gives it a shot with Russ and it doesn't work, you could move on from Russ, and he did. Um, and I would argue, Zach, that he did it rather hamfistedly. I think that in the final analysis, it served the Broncos literally in no way other than perhaps being petty and vindictive to bench Russ with those two games left.
2: Yeah, we're going to continue discussing uh, the impetus behind the Russell Wilson benching, but I'll continue to say, Chad, on the Wilson front, the sooner this is resolved, the better, in my opinion.
1: That's right. And I think it would last thing. And then we're going to get out of here, guys. I think it would give a modest lift back to Broncos country, a little bit of some wind beneath your wings. If you were to hear, hey, you know what? We've come to some kind of a uh, reconciliation. Russ is coming back and the Broncos go out and either use that first round pick on a future guy to groom behind Russ or restock the shelves and try and make another push with Russ. Uh, I think that would help bring back some optimism, but it doesn't necessarily mean, Zach, it would be the right thing to do.
2: The fan base, like Michaela and, and many others, they just want answers. If the Broncos are going on with Russ, if they want to keep him, fine. If you want to move on, fine, but just make a decision and, and forge your path forward. What the fan base doesn't want is to continue to be caught in purgatory, not knowing which way north, south, east, west
1: the Broncos are going to go. Pick a lane and drive forward. That's right. That's right. Michael, got to bridge that gap. Broncos got to bridge the gap right now, baby. Uh, And by the way, a shout out here to uh, Pearl in the house. Good to see Pearl Heater. Appreciate you. But guys, we're done with the conversation tonight. But before we dip out, we do have a couple messages for you. So don't leave quite yet. Another tremendous installment of
2: the mile high huddle podcast. If you're not doing so, please follow us on Twitter at the M H H pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at mile high huddle Chad at Chad and Jensen, myself at Kelberman at NFL and Scott, our producer at scout Kennedy. If you guys want some merch like we're rocking each and every single podcast each and every day. Check out MHHMerch.com and get you some. If you haven't, please drop us a like at Facebook.com slash Pod. You can find us on IG at Mile underscore High underscore Huddle. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, make sure you're leaving your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some of that merch each and every single month. But please, ladies and gentlemen, subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans.
1: Just like you. That's right, baby. Much love and respect to every one of you within the sound of our voices right now. Um, Appreciate you, seriously. Each and every one of you, numbered in our hearts, Zach and I, Scott, all of us here at MHH, we love you. Tonight, a special mile-high salute and shout-out to the great Super Chat superstars and supporters that help us keep the lights on here with our podcast platform. And that includes the Duchess, Michaela Parker, the Ronk, Michael Ronquillo, Tucson Phil, Phil McLaughlin, Ryan Maine, Lawrence Rivera, George Fox. Much love and respect. Thank you, guys. We'll see you in a couple of days, Zach and I. But, uh, Scott, you got some Broncos for breakfast with Nick on the bright? No no Broncos for breakfast Tuesday morning. but Building the Broncos Tuesday night. Mile High Insiders Wednesday night. Broncos for breakfast Thursday. And then we're back Thursday night. Can't wait to see you guys. Have a great start to your week all. We'll see you Thursday night. Take care, and as always, go Broncos.
0: Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.